Welcome, and thank you for downloading Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Here at Movement, we are passionate about God's Word and helping each other move closer to God. Thank you for choosing to grow with us today. All right. Thank you, Bobby. I appreciate it. Well, hey, good morning, Movement Christian Church. Man, can I say it's such an honor to be here this Sunday morning. Uh, Like Bobby said, my name is Corey Pileggi, and I'm the lead pastor and the lead planter for this brand new church coming to Kinston called Collective Church. Uh, And just by a show of hands, how many people here this morning have ever been to Kinston before? couple of you guys. Yeah, so you probably know Kinston's a smaller city in the heart of eastern North Carolina, and it's a city that has a little bit of a a rough reputation. It's kind of known more for poverty and crime and things like that. Uh, But me and my family, we are very, very excited to be planting a church in Kinston. Uh, And I do want to take a quick second just to talk about my family. Uh, If I was a a better preacher, I would have had a picture for you guys, but a a plug, I have a picture in the back and one of our little booklets if you want to see my family. Um, But like Bobby said, uh, our our family is a little bit crazy. We have five kids right now. Uh, and I say right now for a good reason. It's not like we're going to get rid of our kids or something like that. Um, but we are foster parents. We have been foster parents for about seven or eight years now. Uh, and we've helped about 14 or 15 kids. And, and usually how it works is a kid will come and live with us. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, usually how it works is a kid will come and live with us for, you know, like six months or eight months or ten months or something like that, and we'll work with their families towards reunification because that's always the goal of foster care is to get kids back with their family because that's just better for the kids. And so we love on these kids, and we have our heart ripped out when they go back to the families, but it's been a really cool ministry. Uh, and during those seven or eight years, we've only had two kids that got to the point where they just didn't have a good family situation to go back to, and so we had the honor of of adopting those kids. And so uh, we have two biological kids. We have two kids that we've adopted through foster care. And then we have one current foster kid right now. Um, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and my wife, Megan, uh, she keeps all of our kids in line. Uh, she is, I have to be careful not to say a former Marine because I've made that mistake before when preaching. And I always have Marines come up after, afterwards and they tell me, hey, you can't say that because once a Marine... Always a Marine, that's right. And so my wife uh, was an officer in the Marine Corps for six years, and she's just incredible. So she keeps our kids in line. Um, But we have an 11-year-old, Lily, who we adopted through foster care. We have our six-year-old, Sayla. We have a three-year-old, Nia, who we adopted through foster care. We have our 11-month-old, Luca. He's crazy. Uh, And then we have a a two-month-old foster son named Alex. And so unfortunately, they weren't able to be here today because our life is just a little bit crazy. Uh, But we wouldn't have it any other way. But what I want to do with our time together this morning is is kind of talk about a topic uh, that might be a little bit divisive. Uh, It might split the room a little bit. Some of you might have like really good feelings about this. When you hear me say it, you can get really excited about it. I'm sure all the kids are going to love it. And the other half, you might not be so excited about it. Uh, But what I want to talk a little bit about this morning is Christmas. Now, for some of you guys, you hear Christmas, you're like, yes, I love Christmas. It's only like five months away. I'm so excited about it. I'm sure your kids are excited about Christmas. The other half of you are like, why are we talking about Christmas? Like, we have all these other holidays that we have to get through first. 
But there is this theme of doing Christmas in July. I don't know why it's a thing, but it is, and I love it. Uh, and so when Bobby reached out to me, I was like, hey, I'd love to have you come preach, but don't worry about like writing a new sermon. Just like preach your favorite sermon. And so I was like, all right, cool. I love Christmas, and so I'm going to preach my favorite sermon about Christmas. But it's not going to be how you think it's going to be, right? But like I said, I love Christmas. In fact, in our family, we have a pretty cool Christmas tradition. Uh, So on Halloween, our kids, they go out, they dress up, they get candy. We come back home, we eat all that candy, and we set up our Christmas tree. Now, I know some of you are thinking, like, you can't do that. You have to wait until after Thanksgiving to set up your Christmas tree. But we love Christmas, so we do it on Halloween. It's this big, fun event that we do with our family. We set up the tree, and so our tree is set up throughout November and December because we just love Christmas. Now, for some of you here this morning, you're like, man, why are you talking about Christmas? Uh, like, and you can't put your Christmas tree up that early. You have to wait until later. If that's you, you're probably just like the Grinch right? Uh, who is actually, who I'm going to talk about this morning, is the movie The Grinch. One of the, my favorite sermons I've ever preached was a, a Christmas at the Movies series, and I got to preach about The Grinch. And so we're going to talk a little bit about The Grinch this morning. Uh, and for most of us here, I would say almost all of us here this morning, we all know the story of The Grinch, right? Depending on your age, maybe you remember like the old classic cartoon Grinch, or maybe if you're closer to my age, when you think of the Grinch, you think of a certain actor. Do you guys know who that actor is? Jim Carrey, right? I think of the Grinch when I think of Jim Carrey. Or if you're one of our younger friends here this morning, you probably know this new cartoon Grinch that my kids love. We watch it all the time around Christmas time. They love it. But we all know the story of the Grinch, right? He's this hairy green guy who hates Christmas, and the Who's in Whoville, they love Christmas. And in the movies, you know, they kind of give us a little bit of a backstory as to why the Grinch hates Christmas, right? Like in Jim Carrey's version of the Grinch, he hates Christmas because he was bullied. And so, you know, these kids are picking on him around Christmas time, and now he just hates Christmas. He can't stand it. He doesn't want anything to do with Christmas. And in the new Grinch cartoon, he was like an orphan that nobody came and visited on Christmas, so now he just hates the holiday, and he doesn't want anything to do with it, right? So we all know the story of the Grinch, and I think the Grinch is the perfect example of somebody who's offended, right? Which is what we're going to talk a little bit about this morning. And so the the Grinch has been hurt, and because of that, he just hates Christmas. He's the perfect example of an offended person. And so in the Bible, uh, there's this verse in Proverbs, in Proverbs 18, verse 19. This is what it says. It says, an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. I think a fortified city is a perfect example of somebody who's offended, right? Because we get hurt, and our natural response as human, as human beings is to do what? To, to build walls, right? We build up these big walls to kind of protect ourselves from being hurt again. And from that position, we can, like, attack back at people who have hurt us right? And so I think a fortified city is a perfect example. And in one sense, it's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, like if you've been hurt by somebody to to build some boundaries, you know, to protect yourself a little bit, to give yourself some time to heal or to let relationships get better. It's not necessarily a bad thing. There's this great book written by this guy named uh, Dr. Henry Cloud called Boundaries. And so sometimes, you know, you need to create a little bit of some space with someone who's hurt you. That's not necessarily a bad thing. But when it becomes a bad thing, 
is when we decide that, hey, that person hurt me, and so now I'm going to hurt them back, right? And so like with the Grinch, if he would have been hurt in both of those examples of, you know, kids picking on him or being an orphan, and he just decided like, hey, I just need a little bit of time, so I'm going to go up to this mountain for a little bit and heal, but then eventually I'm going to go back and try to restore these relationships. But that's not what the Grinch does, right? He separates himself from everybody. He lives up in this mountain alone with his dog. And yeah, we all like to joke like, oh man, it'd be great just to be like the Grinch and just live alone with my dog. But we all know that we were created for relationships. And the Grinch eventually decides, he's like, no, I got to get some payback on the Who's. I have to ruin their Christmas. And you've probably heard the phrase before, you know, hurt people hurt people right? And that's what the Grinch decides to do, if you've seen the movie, which I'm assuming that you have. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to go to the Bible, and I want to see what the Bible teaches us about the dangers of living offended. And so this morning, uh, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, feel free to flip them open to Genesis chapter 4, or if you're going to use your phone, you can definitely do that as well. Uh, We'll also have the verses on the screen for you as well. But if you are going to use your phone, uh, can I ask everybody for a quick favor this morning? And it might sound a little bit silly, but I promise you it's really, really important important. If you already have your phone out to get your Bible app open, would you do me a favor and just click on the Facebook app? Yes, you can do that in church. I'm going to allow you to do that. You can click on Facebook. If you could search for Collective Church, make sure it's the one in Kinston, and could you hit that like or the follow button? Or if you're feeling really, really nice, you could leave us a five-star review. And I'm asking you to do that not because I care about having like a big following on Facebook or anything like that. But you see, as we're planting this new church in Kinston, as we're meeting new people, as people want to check out our church, they're going to do what we would normally do when we hear like about a new business or something. They're going to go check us out on Facebook. And if we have like 50 likes on Facebook and nobody's commenting on our stuff, they're going to be like, uh why does nobody like this church? This seems a little bit weird. Like, I'm just kind of stay away from that. But if we have a bunch of likes and good reviews and people are going to be more willing to check out our church, which means they're more likely to hear the gospel. And so it's a silly thing that I'm asking you to do. You could do it later if you don't feel comfortable doing it now, but it'll help us more than you realize. And I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. But like I said, uh, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 4 this morning, and we're going to look at a story that I think we've all heard of before, just like we've all heard of the Grinch. We're going to be looking uh, at two people called Cain and Abel, and I think you guys know where I'm going with this story. Uh, But Cain and Abel, right, they're two sons of Adam and Eve. And so I'm not going to give you a lot of backstory because most of you have already heard the story before, but we're going to jump right in in Genesis chapter 4, starting in verse 3, and this is what it says. It says, when it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry. Some translations say offended. And he looked dejected. Why are you so angry, the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. I want to pause there for a second, right? Because we all know this story, right? 
But looking at this idea of being offended, there's this great author by the name of John Bevere. He wrote this book called The Bait of Satan. It's one of the best books on being offended. I'd encourage you to read that book. And in that book, he talks about how there's two types of offended people. He says the first type of an offended person is someone who has legitimately been like deeply hurt by somebody. And because of that hurt, they have this anger and they kind of want to lash back out. They want to hurt the person back. But then he says there's a second type of an offended person that's a really, really dangerous person to be around. And I think we see this person very prevalent in our culture today. He says it's a person who thinks that they've been hurt, but nothing wrong has actually been done to them, right? Like they're just kind of being selfish. And as we look at this story, that's who Cain is. He fits into that second category of an offended person. Because in this story, did Abel do anything wrong? No, Abel didn't do anything wrong in this story. He was just being obedient to God. It was Cain who didn't do the right thing, right? Abel brought the best gift that he could to the Lord, but Cain didn't. And instead of just taking responsibility and being like, okay, I'll fix it, I'll do better next time, like what does Cain do? He gets angry, he gets offended, and you know the rest of the story of what happens. He takes things into his own hands, and he says, man, I feel hurt, and so I'm going to hurt Abel back. And if we keep reading uh, in verse 12, this is what happens afterwards. This is God talking to Cain, and he said, no longer will the ground yield good crops for you, no matter how hard you work. From now on, you will be a homeless wanderer on the earth. Cain replied to the Lord, my punishment is too great for me to bear. You have banished me from the land and from your presence. You have made me a homeless wanderer. And this is one of the key points that I want to give you this morning. When we're talking about living offended, it's this. That living offended is a double-edged sword. Right? Living offended is a double-edged sword. And when I'm talking about a double-edged sword, like you have to think back to kind of like medieval times. You know, like we have like knives in our kitchen that we use for cooking and cutting, and only one side of it is sharpened and the other side's kind of dull. So that way, you know, if you're cutting something hard, you can like push on it and you're not gonna hurt your hand or anything like that. But back in medieval times, like they would have double-edged swords where both sides were sharpened. And so that meant that, yeah, you'd probably be more likely to injure somebody else, but in the same time, it was more dangerous for you because you could injure yourself. Double-edged swords were really well known for hurting the people who were wielding them. And it's the same thing when we choose to live offended, right? Cain took things into his own hands. He's like, man, I feel hurt, so I'm going to hurt Abel. But in the end, he just ended up hurting himself, right? It says that God said, hey, you're going to be a homeless wanderer. Because I think when we choose to live offended, like we see with the Grinch, we always end up isolated. Like I think the, the consequence for the sin fits here because it's just true. When we choose to live offended, we always end up isolated. And Cain's like, man, this, this is too much for me to bear. And if you keep reading, he talks about how he's worried. He's like, man, someone's going to do to me what I did to Abel. And so like God gives him this mark to like protect him so that doesn't happen because God still shows him love even in this situation. But if we choose to live offended, it's always going to be like living with a double-edged sword. Yeah, we could have the ability to hurt the people who hurt us, but in the long run, we're just going to hurt ourselves. Right? In the movie The Grinch, it talks about how the Grinch's heart was two sizes too small. 
Because I think that's what living offended does to us. We get so focused on like, man, I'm hurt, and so I have to hurt the person that hurt me. But in reality, all we're doing is hurting ourselves. Right? In fact, uh, in the Bible, in Romans, uh, Paul writes this in uh, Romans 12, starting in verse 18. He says, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. And so I think as we're talking about being offended, when we are hurt, I think it's a, a natural human response to want justice, right? And justice isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like justice is actually a really good thing. We know that God is a just God. When we read in the Old Testament, you know, God talks about in like Leviticus, like an eye for an eye. And there's all these laws about like, if someone does this to you, then you can do this to them. Or if they do that, then this is your re retaliation for it. It's all about an eye for an eye. But then Jesus comes along, and in Matthew 5, he talks about, like, hey, you've heard it said before, an eye for an eye, but now I tell you that if someone slaps you on the cheek, turn to them the other cheek, right? And I think sometimes that verse is a little bit misunderstood because Jesus isn't saying, hey, if, if someone is abusing you, like, keep letting them abuse you. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, look, before it was an eye for an eye, like justice was in your hands. It was something that you had to do, but now it's no longer like that. Justice isn't something that we take into our own hands to make it happen, right? Because if you know the gospel, like, we were the ones that hurt God, we sinned against God, and we were his enemies. But what did God do? He, he brought about justice, but he did it in a completely different way than we would expect. Right? That's the whole story of the gospel, that, that Jesus came, and he lived a perfect life, and he suffered and died on a cross, not because he did anything wrong, but he did that for us. Right? So justice could be served, and we also could find grace. It's the very story of the gospel. And so we can see why Jesus, he talks a lot about this in the gospels, that we have to forgive as we've been forgiven. We have to show grace because we were in the exact same situation where we were an enemy of God and we deserved justice. And God brought about justice, but he did it in a way that showed us grace. And so for those of us this morning that are Christians, we need to learn from this example that when people hurt us, when we feel offended, it's no longer our responsibility to dole out justice, right? The Bible teaches us that either at the cross, every sin, justice was brought for those sins, or when Jesus returns, there's going to be justice. Like, God is a just God. We can trust him. We can trust that Jesus either brought justice on the cross where he's going to bring it when he returns. It's not something that we have to take into our own hands and try to hurt people back who hurt us. In fact, uh, Paul writes this in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2. He's, he's writing uh, to Timothy, a leader of a church in Ephesus, and he says this, uh, starting in verse 24. He says, A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. 
be able to teach and be patient with difficult people, gently instruct those who oppose the truth, perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. And so when people hurt us, right, our natural human response is like, man, I want to hurt them back. I want justice. And it's really easy for me to stand up here and say, like, no, we have to forgive people. We have to show grace. But then the moment somebody hurts you and, like, deeply hurts you, it's really hard to put this into practice, right? It's really hard to be gentle with people, to be loving with people, to even instruct people through that. It's a really difficult thing to do because we're still processing all the emotions. Like, when we get hurt, it's so easy for our emotions to take over, and all we want to do is just lash back out at people. But I think when we look at the gospel, when we look at what Jesus has done for us, when we fully understand the forgiveness that we have in Jesus, it makes it a little bit easier. I'm not going to say it makes it a whole lot easier, but it does make it a little bit easier. But I also want to be careful because I think sometimes we throw out phrases like, you know, you have to forgive and forget and like, oh yeah, just forgive and forget, just move on. Oh, they did that, like just completely forget about it. And you have to like welcome them back in with open arms no matter what they did to you. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. When we read about forgiveness in the Bible, uh, it's always talking about like us deserving, you know, God's judgment or justice or things like that. And absolutely, Jesus died for our sins and he wiped them away. There is no more punishment for our sins and the things that we have done. But there still is natural consequences for sin, right? It's not like God just removed that from sin so that we can just go around and sin as much as we want and do whatever we want. There's no consequences for it. Like, yeah, there's no judgment for our sins when we put our faith in Jesus, but there's still natural consequences for sin. And so there might be instances, you know, with people in your life where they hurt you deeply. And I'm not saying it's like, oh, you were a part of an abusive relationship. So you have to go right back to that person. You have to forgive them, forgive and forget. That's not what I'm saying. Once again, there is a place for boundaries. There is a place for healing. There is a place for you to be healthy. The key is you're not trying to hurt people back, right? You're not trying to get revenge. Like Paul said in Romans 12, he says, the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. And we could pray that that happens for them at the cross. Those people that, that hurt us, yeah, sometimes we want them to hurt back. But in reality, we should want them to find grace, just like we found grace. That the gospel is for them, too. And it's really hard to say because, man, we're like, oh, they hurt me. I want them to hurt back. But if we've received grace freely, we should want other people to receive that grace as well. Because here's the key idea I want to leave you with this morning. That letting go of offense leads to a more abundant life, right? When you look at the story of the Grinch, at the very end of the movie, what happens, right? The, the Grinch, he completely changes his mind. He's like, man, I just ruined Christmas for the Who's, but he changes his mind. He says, man, I'm going to bring everything back to them. 
And in that story, what happens in that moment when he makes that decision? It says that his heart grows like three times the size, right? Because he lets go of this hurt and he lets go of this offense and he starts living a more abundant life, right? And I know it's like a cheesy kid's story, but I think there's some real truth to that. That when we choose to live offended, we're hurting ourselves. And when we let go of that offense, it allows us to live a more abundant life. And yeah, it's really hard to let go of those things. And yeah, it might require a lot of prayer. It might require a community to come alongside of you to help walk through those really difficult relationships or difficult circumstances that you find yourself in. But I can promise you, if you decide to just hold on to that offense and hold on to that hurt, it's only going to hurt yourself. But if you could choose to let go, you're going to find a more abundant life. In fact, uh, in Jeremiah 17, in verse 7, uh, it says this. It says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear You see, when we let go of our offense, when we let go of those hurts, when we let go of trying to get revenge and hurt people back, what we're saying is, hey, I trust Jesus. I don't feel the need to have to get payback because I trust in the Lord. And I know that God is a just God. And I also know that God is a gracious God because he showed me grace and I want to show grace other people as well. So when we trust in the Lord, it says, man, you're like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. When you do not fear when heat comes, its leaves remain green. You're not anxious. When we let go of offense, when we trust in God, we find peace. Right? He's, He's talking about in this verse, like you're not anxious, you're not afraid. You find peace because you let go of these offenses and you put your trust in Jesus. And so if you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, but you hear me talk about, you know, this grace that Jesus has shown us, right? Like we as Christians, we believe that God created everything. He created the earth and the oceans and the sky and the land. He created you and he created me and he created us to live in a perfect relationship with him for all eternity. But we know that every human has sinned against God, that we broke that relationship. And yes, God could have chose to, man, he could have doled out justice on us. But like I shared earlier, we know the gospel that Jesus came and he lived a perfect life and he suffered and he died on a cross for us. And he rose again three days later so that we could be restored to a relationship with God. If you're here this morning, you're not a Christian, but you hear me talk about that, man, we would love to have that conversation with you after service. Or during this next song, you could come talk to Bobby, come talk to myself. We'd love to talk to you about what it means to, to follow Jesus and to put your faith in Jesus and to turn from your sin. I'd encourage you before you leave today to have that conversation. But once again, uh, let's try to to let go of offense so that we can lead a more abundant life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, 
thank you so much just for who you are. I thank you for the love and, and the grace that you've shown us, people who at one time were your enemies. I thank you that you provided a way out for us, that you came and lived the perfect life and suffered and died for us on a cross so that we could be restored to a right relationship with you. I pray by your Holy Spirit that you'd empower us to go out into our communities and to do the same, to love people and to care for people, maybe even people who have deeply hurt us or offended us. Empower us to go out and to love the way that you have loved us. Thank you, Lord, and we praise you. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Want to learn more about us? You can do that by visiting our website at movementchristianchurch.com or on our app available on iOS and Android devices under Movement NC.